With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, greetings, good people. This is Adon Bean. Yo, it's been a minute. It's been more than a minute. It's been like a more than a month. It's been more than two months. Nonetheless, I'm just happy to be here. This is the new episode of The Set List, and I just wanted to drop this I don't know, this little opener, this little disclaimer to say thank you for rocking with me. Thank you for rocking with Fourth. There's a lot of things that will be coming out uh, with the set list in particular and some things around the set list as, as well as around me that will be rolling out in the weeks and months to come. But I felt it so important that before I move on to anything else or anything coming up that I make sure that like we cleaned out the closet and I got you everything that we've stashed. One of those things is this podcast, this episode with the amazing, talented MC Armand Wake Up coming out of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we recorded this podcast, I believe like March 1st, if I'm not mistaken, maybe even like February 28th. It was a it was a minute ago. <laughs> we recorded this around the time that his album officially came out and um, got to talk to him in depth about the motivations around his project, as well as just the motivations that make him up as an MC. Like what we do with the set list, we like to get to know the artist. Uh, by today of today by really working through the influences that made them who they are and I feel like I got to know Armand in a greater in a stronger in a deeper way uh, and I think that you all will be able to as well what's so dope about him as an artist is that he really does wear it all on his sleeve and um, we touch on a lot of that throughout this interview and uh, I think that it'll just be exciting and you'll enjoy it and you'll get to know him in a lot of ways. And I might be introducing him to some, as some of you might know, that he is definitely fourth extended family. He was uh, a part of uh, our, what we did on fourth in terms of hosting his podcast with Doc Beats called um, Clock Radio Speakers. And so when he put out this project, he was definitely someone that I wanted to get into uh, the studio or rather talk to around the motivations around what uh, this project would become and so I'm just really excited for you to hear it it took a while to get it to you uh, and there were just circumstances beyond my control and able to do that for you uh, but uh, I feel like it's still relevant still timely still important and so uh, I just feel like man we need to get this out to y'all so that being said, there are a lot of things that will be coming out in the future with the set list, a lot of like redesigns and things like that. But before any of that, I would definitely want to make sure that you check out this episode with Armand Wake Up. Again, my name is Adon Bean. You can find me on Twitter at A-D-A-N-B-E-A-N. Definitely subscribe, leave little comments, all that jazz about the set list. I'm telling you. It, there's some really dope things that are going to be happening. And so uh, please just sit back, enjoy this episode. Uh, I can't wait to be back in front of you all with some new information, some new content. But for now, here we go. Armand, wake up the set list. Yo, greetings, good people. My name is Adon Bean. You are tuned into the set list and uh, I am so happy and overjoyed to have y'all Rocking with us, we are keeping the second season going, and um, we are keeping um, our list 
uh, our run together of just amazing and awesome and super dope individuals uh, as as guests. And that is, of course, we have today none other than um, my Ohio brethren, my, uh, you know, uh, fourth district alumni. Uh, OK, uh, that is um, uh, the MC, the man, the legend, the that invented the Nike swoosh, uh, Armand, wake up. <laughs> what is going on? Good brother. How are you, sir? Uh, Don, I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Always good to be back home at fourth. Yes. Um, yes. Big shout out to Adon. Big shout out to Dan. Big shout out to Show. Yeah. Man. Uh, thank you guys for all of your hospitality throughout the years mm-hmm. and uh, just how that evolves into whatever different spaces and it just manifested itself today. So I'm, I yeah. am super happy to be here. This is going to be dope. Yeah, man. It's super fun. Uh, like it's it's dope when you get to talk about like. Uh, I don't know. It's just dope when you get to talk about music, but it's dope when you get to talk about music with dope artists themselves. But then it's like, oh, yeah. this is also a good and dope person. And so uh, when all of those things kind of like when the Venn diagram connects and it's all like all of those things are hitting, it's like, yo, this is this is this is dope. This is fun. And so um, and it's really interesting, I think, from my history, just as a back, you know, to back up a little bit. I think our his our history is such that like we essentially met via Twitter, uh, yes. like years ago. Um, you know, somebody retweeting something in a timeline or something like that, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's either insightful or witty or funny or I agree or whatever." And it was like, yeah. "Oh, I'm gonna follow that person," or you know, yada yada yada. And then it's just been kind of years of that. Um, and then eventually, you know, we met up, uh, when I was, I I came back uh, home and and came to, uh, came to your hometown, came to Columbus for a, for a a show. Uh, and then, um, and then, then, you know, fast forward from there, then we, uh, brought, you know, when fourth came together Fourth district and then, you know, we, you know, uh, partnered with you and doc and clock radio speakers and yep. uh we definitely uh just enjoyed that partnership for that time and and that yep. was super cool and even now um as we've kind of gone different ways with that like we still listen and I still tune in and check out what you guys are doing and and all of that man so you know it's just been it's been a very cool like road i guess for the last 4 yeah. or 5 years man it's super dope super dope absolutely absolutely and and i just found out last night that a uh, a really good friend of mine is getting married in atlanta in july so what probably need to make moves with us what i think you do i think you definitely need to fall through uh the fourth district chambers uh and I'm uh, down. yes give um, me the espn give me the espn <laughs> absolutely yes yeah we are <laughs> give me every show <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to have you, you know what I'm saying, over in Highly Questionable. You're going to walk right over the set to uh, PTI. Yeah, we're going we gonna to definitely run it like that. So, uh, yeah, man. No. So, uh, yeah. So all that is to say it leads us to now, February 2018. Uh, we are recording this on a Thursday. Um, yep. However, uh, with a um, well, we're recording this because we are two days uh, this is the second day after the release of your uh, LP, even if I lose. Yeah. Or actually, is it an LP or EP? It's yeah. that, it's that the, weird. This, this, it's that. this is the album. <laughs> I know people are weird about that. 40 Days was the EP. Okay. Even if I lose, the album. This is the official follow-up to 
2013's Cairo. There it is. Okay, cool. Yeah, you know, it's it's it gets weird nowadays. You know what I'm saying? We got we got maxi singles that are called EPs now. Like we got yep. we got you know what I'm saying Kendrick Lamar the al- LP, but it's the album, but it's an e- just it's so many bizarre things that happen because that's what rappers like yep. to do. But uh, Migos, Migos putting out No Limit 40 tracks. <laughs> That is definitely what Migos has done. And uh, yeah, man, it's like, man, uh, yeah, ha- uh, half short, twice strong, man. That's what that's what that's what they say. So um, I but with that, we have an album of of uh, like a very nice, sleek nine track album called Even If I Lose, which yes. uh, as a blast to the past, a past that I hold wholeheartedly and like really have not changed yet is that this album came out on a Tuesday, okay? Yes. All right, sir, uh, which just on a personal level, I appreciate that. Um, yes. Yeah, man, what would, like, was there, like, you had to you had to make that happen, is that right? Absolutely. I went to the label we were discussing uh, when we wanted to put the project out, how we wanted to roll it out, and one of the things that we discussed on Clock Radio Speakers is our disdain for Friday releases. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Because it feels like it shortens the lifespan of the project. Absolutely. Um, because we are so busy in our lives, mm-hmm. um, you put out a project on Friday. If I don't get to it that Friday morning while I'm at work, you know, and this is this is banking on me working a job that allows me to have headphones in my desk or right. at my station, whatever. If I can't do that, and then the weekend I've got plans or whatever, whatever. Before you know it, something else has come out. Something else has happened. You know, new the news cycle is so fast. We'll be mad at at H and M on Monday, and then they put eighty percent off on Thursday, and we good. Right. So compared to how it was <laughs> Tuesdays, where you know releases on Tuesdays, I'm I'm old school. So I remember the Midnight Madness Man. sale when you would go to your mom and pop at eleven thirty, and you would linger around the Man. store. And they will be playing the music inside of the store for Man. the project that you wanted to get. And then when midnight came, they had a bunch of stacks there. Whatever project was out, you stood in that line. You got you got your project. You walked out, and then you got your source mag. You got whatever all your stuff. Crazy. And you got to sit with the project during the whole week. And I wanted people because we didn't do a single because we didn't do a super huge rollout. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to be able to have time to sit with the whole project yeah. and not have to compete with the hustle and bustle of the weekend. Dog, that's beautiful. It, it, that articulates like, it, that's definitely my ethos when it comes to music, like the way I view it. Uh, you know, I can't, I've, I was jokingly telling a homie the other day, like I've, I've yet to adjust to Friday release dates and it's for, it's for multiple reasons. Some of which, a lot of which you just named. Another thing I would offer as well is that like, every album doesn't sound like a weekend album. Yes. You know what I mean? So like there are, there's, there's absolutely music I listen to that I'm like, I don't want to play this on a Friday when I'm getting off work. I don't want to play. This is not my Saturday. I'm off. Like this is like, I'm, I'm actually working through the week type thing. Like this is my, so I'm, I'm, that's when I want to live with the project and it gives me, and with to your other point, as long as with that is that Friday, you put out a project like you said it is you might not get to it that during that time it might come monday and i'm like okay let me now sit down with this 
whatever, like with, with this record, whatever this may be. And then it's like, yeah, but the way that distribution and the way that the channels have been opened in so many ways, like people often put their lead singles out Fourth district. We, we, I curate a new music Monday in which there are a lot of Monday releases that show up and, you know, throughout the week. So it's kind of like it, it, I completely agree. Like it, it definitely shortens the lifespan of, uh, of, of an album. And so when this dropped, um, February 27th, there we go. That was the day. February 27th, uh, right in, you know, when this came out, then it was like, man, this, I've got, I've got this week to really live with this. And then, and I feel like it, it gives it a chance to, uh, for it to really kind of dig it, like for it to dig its heels into the listener. And then it's like, then you can take it with you as the weeks go on. Whereas, you know, on the Friday releases, it comes, if it doesn't knock it out the park, you know, who knows what happens, you know what I mean? And so I, I want to commend you on that front, man. And just, uh, we were talking a little bit pre-production about this, but just as a general on a macro level, how are you feeling with this project being out? Like where you are at right now, it's like, how are you at this state? It is really interesting to see the way that this project is hitting people hmm. and it is informing what the next steps will be as far as what we create to further the lifespan of the album and to really unpack, um, the meaning and really just as you were explaining, um, I think another word for it is like creating an emotional connection Mm -hmm. to it because, you know, I I want people, you know, this album is very emotional for me. To me, it's like a worship album, Mm -hmm. which is different from anything else that I've ever done. So, you know, watching people either be shocked that I'm speaking about things the way that I'm speaking about them or people being satisfied that I've created this project that speaks to a lot of things in the climate, Mm -hmm. um, directly or watching people kind of be upset that they wanted one thing from me or that I said something that offended them and they either want to talk about it or they want to, you know, whatever, I'm just kind of taking it all in and I'm grateful because I fought really hard to get this project out. I definitely punched some walls and cussed some people out in Jesus name. Mm -hmm. And just like it it took a lot to get here. So now that we're here, I haven't even had a chance to breathe. And and I was talking to my, my, my best friend and she was like, you like, you need to just enjoy this. And I'm already Mm -hmm. thinking about what we're going to do weeks on out. She's like, no, just enjoy this. Like yeah. you wanted it to be out. There was a point where you thought it wasn't going to be out. There was a point where you thought people weren't going to like it, yeah. but people love it it's out. So enjoy that. And then we'll worry about what happens after that. Absolutely, man. No, that's like, that's good advice, man. That's good advice. And, uh, yeah. and it's important, man. Cause I think, um, I think, you know, it's important to not as, as artists, as creatives, um, it's important for us to not for us to not lose ourselves in making this right and making this music and in making this art. And so, um, you know, uh, in the midst of creating this art and crafting this and putting this out, um, yeah, man, you definitely should just like sit back and, and soak in this moment because, um, I think when I first heard the first song I heard off this project was sweeter. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe I, I tweeted in media. I was like, I hit up you, I hit up, uh, Jay, um, uh, 
Jay it was Rodin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I was just like, yo, like this leads me to worship. And yeah. and to be very honest, like that is always the uh you know, it's low key, but that's like the that's the highest, you know, praise I I can give yeah. music. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. like I yeah. don't there's there's tons of music I hear where I'm like, yo, this dude is a monster. This dude is a beast. Yep. This killed this yep. moved me here. This did this. The, and and like music moves me a bunch of ways. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's there's a yeah. bunch of different places that music can take me. But when I'm telling someone like, yo, this music it just moved me to worship. That's what it did. Yeah. It 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 yeah. didn't it the wordplay didn't wow me. It didn't like it didn't floor me. It just it literally reset my heart when I heard yes. it. And I'm just like, yeah. that's that is honestly the highest praise I can give someone yeah. for the art that they do. And so um yeah, man. Uh, uh let me say that. Mm-hmm. Let me say that for that pro- for that song and let me say that um moments like that happen throughout this project for me, bro. So I I just want to thank yeah. you from the outset yeah. with that. So uh I don't want to belabor things. We've got uh I've got an agenda because I am uh I am, you know. I am mainstream news media. Okay. I come to the table. (laughs) (laughs) I come to the table with an agenda and my agenda is, um, we are going to talk about your album. Um, but you're going to do, you've done, um, interviews. You're going to do interviews and you're going to talk about your album. And I don't want to repeat questions. I don't like doing that. People can go other places for that. And I will also direct all the listeners to go to, uh, the most recent, I believe, Clock Radio Speakers, uh, Side B, mm-hmm. in which you sat down with uh, your partner, Doc, and really talked about this project in, in a lot of detail. Um, yep. And so please go check that out. We I don't want to retread a lot of that ground. We'll have to to some degree. And I hadn't I've only listened to maybe half of that episode. And so I need to go back to it. But really, the thing on the set list is that what we do is that we listen uh, we get to know, we introduce our artists um, to uh, the audience by discuss by having them talk about their influences because we feel like we all bear the kind of the the fingerprints of those who have come before us and our contemporaries who you know have inspired us. And so, what we like to do is talk about your art, but you know, also get into the things that have always inspired Armand, our, our mom wake up, and so. With that being said, we're going to start with uh, what we often call the intro, right? The uh, the opener. Um, we talk about uh, we talk about this show in the context of like doing a set. And when you start out a set, you're doing a set and you're having an opener. You're having something that grabs people's attention. You're having something that just really sets the stage for what people are about to hear. And I wanted to ask you, man, like we'll get into the opener um, of Even If I Lose, but more than that, or even alongside that, I want to talk to you about what is maybe your first or your favorite first song that you hear that when you think of an album, where you're like, man, when I think about the way an album opened, this song right here, this is the one that just this that hit me. So when I when I ask that, what's 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 that? What's that for you? Honestly, man, it's from to what for what I consider to be the greatest hip hop album of the nineties. Which is uh, Snoop Doggy Dog's Doggy Style. Wow. It, it is the, it's the G Funk intro. <laughs> and nice. I think what's so crazy about that is that it sets up. You know, there's the bathtub intro, 
Yeah. You know, the, the you know, the girls rubbing are running a man's bath water. She's taking care of him, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, just this George Clinton, P-Funk, energetic, just this beat comes on. <laughs> and then to have someone else rap on your intro. Yo. Because, you know, we talked, yeah, Jay did it with Bleak, yes. And Volume 2 Handed Down is a classic intro as well. Mm-hmm. But gets on that record and just grabs it by the throat and, like, pins it up against the wall. She murders it. And that, to me, set the tone for the whole album. Yeah. Um, it's one of the many reasons why I think it's the, the greatest hip-hop album of the 90s. And it just, yeah, it's just energetic. It's, it's urgent. It's like, you have to listen to this right now because if you miss what we're about to say, yeah. you're going to miss a vital part of your life and your existence. And that's what, not to say what all intros should do, but it is really good for intros to do that. Man, you ain't saying nothing but a word. Uh, man, we're going to play it right now. Uh, G-Funk intro off the doggy style. Snoop Dogg. I'm stepping on Tangeray with my mind on my money and my mouth full of ganja. R-A-G to the motherfucking E. Back with my nigga S and double O P. Yo, that was G-Funk off of Doggy Style, Snoop Dogg. Man, you've never lied. This record is so crazy because I think about, like, it. <laughs> you hear Snoop, well, we find out later that, like, I think they've said that Snoop and Dre, they recorded this in, like, I think the, pro- like, maybe a week, I think was a total time. <laughs> It's just, it's just, but you can feel when you talk about the urgency, you can feel like this is a, this is very much in the moment. Like everything that they're doing, they were just in that creative space together. And I agree, man. Like it's such an underrated, it's such an underrated intro. Like I love when people throw out something that like, yo, they, they, they aren't really talking about that because this was not. You know, this song, this album had monster smashes, like, mm-hmm. like, like monster smashes. So, um, you know, I think the G-Funk intro gets overlooked for, you know, whatever that may be, gin and juice or, yeah. you know, ain't no fun yeah. or whatever. Ain't no fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even, even, you know, any, any, yeah, who am I? All of those things, right? Uh, but this G Funk intro is so so crazy, man. So crazy. And um and what's also wild is I feel like there's a song, I'm not sure if is it the Shiznit? Is that the one that um that what's the one that has this it has a super uh grimy beat and um Pencil. I can't remember. Yeah Snoop freestyled that whole song. <sighs> Bruh. Then, Bruh. I I remember I I was I was losing there was no reason one that I should have been listening to this album when I heard it. <laughs> yes. I yo I ask my dad that all the time. I'm like, "Yo, the Chronic came out when I was 8. I went with you to the store when you bought it. Easy Does It came out when I was 4. Why did you have me listen to this? Ain't no way in the world I let my kids listen to this. You are crazy. Right. I'm sitting out here like, "Yo, like I I just uh, I don't know if there's um I, I I feel I feel like being a parent and you you know you are one but I feel like being a parent is constantly uh reminding yourself that like 
man, I'm I'm so incredibly human, and there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's no way my child will not have to make up for for some of the ways that even in earnest me trying to raise them right, I'm probably doing something terribly wrong. And 100%, 1000%. I make mistakes all the time. I think the good thing about it is that I've, I've, I've created such a household of transparency and communication mm, that mm-hmm. I, I will tell them like, I'm not sure if I'm doing this right, Wow. but we're just going to try it. And if it's wrong, then we'll, we'll go back to the drawing board and we'll figure it out. And I think that, each generation precedes the last. And I think that one thing that our generation did not benefit off of was I think that we were a generation of like secrets. Yeah. We were a generation of, because I said so. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that though, though I, sometimes I tell my kids like, look, I'm your dad. Like you just want to listen to me. Right. But I do think that there is, um, there's power in transparency and in communicating why, you were doing uh, certain things and why are you having your kids go down certain roads? And in the long run, even if they're mad about it, they'll appreciate it later. So true. So true. Um, yeah, man. And it's, um, it's just in speaking uh, in that such way, I love what you said there about like just that air of transparency. Um, speaking of that, uh, it's a nice segue as we talk about um, perhaps maybe a little bit of your kids, starts this record off if i'm not mistaken yeah. yes even if i lose begins with a song called revelation is revolution uh and uh and i guess it's also even if i lose too um so yeah. i'm gonna play this and then we're gonna talk about it just a little bit here here we go and we know that god causes everything to work together for the good of those who love god and are called according to his purpose for them even if i lose this is Cairo's culture thank you I think I was thinking about it too much. Yeah. Wake up. Doc over there. Let's get this right. Revelation is revolution. Ready? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. All right. Yo, I thought the road to success was paved with gold. With gold, with gold, with gold. Just started the walk and saw the road is paved with bones. With bones, with bones. Now it's on. I was barefoot and useless, but now I'm boosting. Built my church on the rock, but it's ruthless. I am ruthless, easy eating and Jesus tea. And nothing more than everything that I need to be. I am not competing with you weaklings Hundred rounds wrong to a beasting I'm beasting, these knee jerks, they need things I hear the beast sing Not a bite or a bark, homie, at Yo, least sting So, um <laughs> I'll be honest, when I first heard the When I first heard the intro to this Um, I, I think I I think I split a Dutch master, like, right on my desk Like, I just <laughs> think, I just, think I just emptied the guts Right there I, I, I threw on my Carhartt uh, I just yes. I just I, I mean, me and my homies hopped in an MPV. Like it was just—it's yeah. pretty much how I felt when this opened. Um, Doc produced Doc produced both tracks. Is that correct? That is correct. And um, just tell me about like you know you've talked about this a little bit on on the podcast, but tell me about how this came about. Like what you what what was the thought here? Did you know when did you know this is this is what the beginning of the record's going to be? Um, so 
Doc, <laughs> what happens with Doc Beats is Doc will, uh, he'll create beat and we have a huge Dropbox folder just full of stuff. And he's got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of beats in there. And sometimes when I feel like writing, um, and maybe I don't have production, I'll go into that folder and I'll revisit stuff. So he and he originally created that beat in 2014, nice. and um, I wrote to it like in July or something like that. We looked at the file yesterday. Mm-hmm. Wrote to it in July that year, and the verse I wrote was dope. Doc loved it, but as I re- as I realized that okay, I want this project to be called Even If I Lose. This is what I wanted to be uh, thematically. This is what I feel like. Uh, the topic should be, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, it felt like an, it felt like an intro beat. It felt like it felt urgent. It felt like this has to happen right now. I know I wanted to follow up, uh, Genesis revelation Mm. from Kairos. Mm -hmm. And one of the themes of this album is that I'm definitely connecting old themes that I revisited on previous projects, um, and giving them like an updated feel, um, sort of letting them evolve into greater, bigger ideas. And so I knew, I knew pretty early that I wanted this to be the intro. And then, you know, even if I lose the song that I put out on a project called praise break mm-hmm. in 2000, I think 14 as well. And it's just a sample. And I just asked doc like, yo, we should, you know, we should do a transition. I want you to like chop it and mm-hmm. flip it and kind of make it a part two. And he, we, he sat at my house one day. We, he came to Ohio for a bad boy reunion tour that didn't happen because Puff canceled at the last minute because he's trash. And, <laughs> and he sat down and we knocked out a bunch of records and we just unraveled that record that day. And I knew that I wanted it to be um, anthemic and I knew I wanted it to sort of be like a siren for the, um, who was going to hear this album, who was going to hear it. That's what's up, bro. It's, it's such a beautiful... Um, it's it's such it's it's beautiful to me because I realize like a lot of people when a lot of people hear boom bap and don't think beautiful and that is I'm I don't know I don't know how to describe that that's just the way I view things like like when I hear a dirty like production that just that hits me in my core I'm just like oh that is that's that's so gorgeous that's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just that's lovely you know what I mean like and yeah. so um and I think the juxtaposition that you have there with even if I lose too um which you know I, I you know I should probably give you the opportunity here to even speak to the fact that like even if I lose is an ongoing theme for you for let's say for the last five years maybe four four or five years of just it showing up repeatedly yeah. in your works is that right yeah yeah, yeah. The, the song came out in 2014. Okay. The album's out in 2018. See, so yeah, about four years, yeah. <laughs> I was really just as you said it. Like, oh, shoot. Yeah, it has been around for four years. It's all good. Yeah, man. But I think that's I think that's beautiful, man, when you can kind of look back and see the breadcrumbs throughout, um, you know, an artist's work. Because sometimes, th- sometimes statements or things or ideas or a creative threads or weaves you don't realize that they are that until much later and you're looking back and you say like oh my gosh like i don't you know this idea has been impressed upon me for some time now and i'm and it's only upon reflection that i'm able to see man i kind of god has been kind of getting at me about this for a while now yeah (laughs) you know i was i was getting ready to say that like it's it's uh God will always give me concepts. He'll always give me themes. He'll give me something. And then he, I'll be wanting to like 
shouted out mm-hmm. like, yes, yeah. we should do this. And God is like, no, I'm, I'm going to have you walk through this. Wow. Yeah. So he'll walk me through the process of experiencing, even if I lose, mm-hmm. because I, in the time in this four years, I've experienced a lot of loss in, and even in just in my life and mm-hmm. being in my early thirties, like I've experienced a lot of loss, yeah. but that loss has produced so much yeah. and that I'm still here and I am where I am and I'm not hanging by a thread. I'm good. Right. That's a testament to that statement. So that when I say, even if I lose, I win, when I say losers win, like I mean it because I'm a product of what I'm saying. This isn't some cute hashtag that we created to try and, you know, market something or brand something like this is a lifestyle and God has called me to like model a lifestyle and, 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 you know, display that to people. It's beautiful, bro. I agree, man. It's, it's, it's amazing. You know, and so many things that you think are, are devastating or crushing ultimately, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's grapes of wine. It's that idea of like, man, like these things are getting pressed and destroyed, but it's producing this nectar, right? It's producing something sweet. It's producing something beautiful. And so it's really, it's really something that I think is a, is a beautiful through line um and and in your work man so um moving it moving it along man i think that because this is like as i said this is a very this is a very slim couture album man we are 31 minutes long that is it bro nine songs of heat and so there's not there's no there's no fat here um (laughs) um when we think about set lists when we think about doing a show um oftentimes we think about like the songs that kind of um that really grab people right they're like the crowd pleasers essentially right these are the songs that yeah. people show up to and they love to sing along they love to they you know they're very much involved and invested and so when i look at your project man like i don't know where you've been uh you know how the reception has been performing live uh with some of these records but i am you know i i hear a song and i and I don't know if I should throw it out there, but I'm so I will just put it in your court to say, like, what is like the live show song on this album to you? Oof. It depends on what is happening at the show. Um, I'll give you an example. When I went to um, uh, I, well, what I did was in September, I, I put on a, a show called the Even If I Lose Experience, where basically I performed the whole album because I wanted to test it out. I wanted to see what that live record was. Mm-hmm. And to be transparent, I thought it was going to be revelations revolution. And I thought it was going to be, I'm the one mm-hmm. and people like those records. Like, yeah, all right, golf clap, mm-hmm. youth service clap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the records that really touch people live are Jesus. Okay. Stop right there. Stop right the there. Way. Okay. Stop all right. right there. All right. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> because that is the song I wanted to talk about. Uh, I okay. just didn't want to, I was like, you know what? Let me, let me fall back. Cause maybe, maybe there is a different life song, but what we're going to do is we're going to play just a little bit of Jesus right here. Um, produced by SB. Is that right? Yes. Yes. My man SB. There we go. Yeah. Hey Joe, turn me up a little bit. Yeah. All right. Some say you're a prophet, others say you're not of us Many say you're anonymous, most say that you're not enough Others blame you for all this stuff A white man, European Jews, the mallest They dedicate their lives to call you bluff A nice guy, a benchmark for morality Some say you're the serpent 
Others blame you for Adam's Eve They look to you to be Master P or the Master's Peace Reduce you to a Sadducee and a sad deceit. The world wanna silence you, that's improbable The church wants you famous and popular, that's impossible They, they use Man, your name for their own listen, personal right game, here, okay This song right here First of all, this beat, bruh yeah, like it's crazy, bruh. It's that, yeah, bruh. This thing, this thing is incredible to me. When I heard this, I, I was, I was, I had to stop. I was just like, ugh, ugh. Um, it's so, um, it's it's dirty, but it's like it's like this slow meandering type of dirtiness that like, but knocks as well too. And then you're talking about you're talking about Jesus in such a uh in such an aggressive way but not like some false bravado type of way there's not it's not tied in this in in a context of like you know let me show you let me show you how strong jesus is it it really speaks in this very like no i am i am um so often i think uh the religious life and particularly as christians the Christian life, Christian walk itself is depicted in a way that is uh, kind of feast or famine, right? You're either you're either on top of the world or you're, yo, I'm, you know, I'm struggling. I'm nothing but dirty rags. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? And it's like, and it's very, it's very bizarre because it absolutely is both of those things. Like, I'm not, I can't lie to you. It, there are times when I feel incredibly victorious. There's times I feel incredibly barren and desolate and, you know, all of that. But so often, like, what I hear in this song is just this, like, yo, bro, I'm grinding. Like, I'm fighting. I am working through my life, literally working through my salvation as, the, as it's discussed. And so I didn't get an opportunity. I think there's like scripture correlations to all these um, songs. I haven't gotten an opportunity yeah. to go back and do, you know, and go through that. But like, you know, I think you start that second verse and you're just like, they tell you if you scare, go to church and, and you start breaking down so, so many uh, misnomers and misconceptions around what that, type of statement with, with where the root of that statement comes from. Um, I don't know, bro. Like I'm, I can, I'm just spitballing talk at this point because I just love, this is my song right now, bro. Off the record. Like, this is it. Talk to me about this song, man. Yeah. So again, another song from 2014 that I had, Crazy. Um, I, I wrote three records. Um, I lost my job. It's funny. Oh, I'm just realizing this, just, just as I'm realizing this. So Jesus was a record where my entire department was laid off. Um, I was, I was in banking for nine years and my entire department got laid off. Um, suddenly been there recently. And so I was, I was out of work for like four or five months. They, you know, they gave me a decent severance severance package. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't tripping and it really gave me a chance to like sit down and, um, just write and reflect and it something about losing your job or something about losing safety mm. that like God just allows to happen to be like, I'm for safety. Like your idea of safety is not safety at all. Cause it can be snatched from you. But Word. I, God is like, I can't be snatched from you and you can't be snatched from me. Wow. And even while writing the rest of this album, um, I work, uh, for the department of veteran affairs mm. and, 
that the department that I was in, like it was kind of funky and some stuff happened and they tried to let me go. And I was essentially out of work for about two or three weeks. And that's when I wrote this in 40 days, I ended up, you know, doubling back, told the story on my social media, ended up doubling back, getting a job still in the, uh, still in, in the department or still in the VA, but in a different place, what I'm going to school for with a raise, um, with better visibility in front of like leadership. So like I was able to bounce back, but this record was something I think it's something that spoke to and what was necessary because there's so many like ideas of what religion is supposed to be in our culture, specifically Christianity. Mm -hmm. And we are seeing a lot of Christian themes and we're seeing a lot of people talk about God in the sense of maybe people would assume that it's Jesus and for a believer, you're supposed to have the type of discernment to be able to tell like what's fruit and what's not. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to do is I didn't want to say what they're doing is not right. Right. What I wanted to say is this is who Christ is to me. Mm-hmm. So if this is who Jesus is to me and this, this idea, this person, this ideology says, this is who Jesus is. If you put the two together, you should see a distinct difference. And then from there you make your choice. You know, not much success to you, even if you wish me the opposite. Sooner or later, we'll all see who the prophet is. I'm not the guy who's going to argue with you about theology. Like, I'm just going to believe what I believe, and I'm going to walk it out, and Mm -hmm. my faith will produce what it's supposed to produce. And what, you know, and what will come from that will, I believe, will be a scent and aroma that will draw people and say, what must I do to be saved? So I really wanted to challenge the status quo, and that's really that sect of the album is challenging a lot of status quo. Um to sort of create a, a line because there's a lot of gray area, but there needs to be black and white. The gray area is going to die really, really soon. Mm. So that was, that was that. And, and, and for SB, he was literally a Carlton Banks full court heave at the last second. <laughs> Cause I, I did that record over another beat and we couldn't clear it gotcha. with the producer. And so I didn't even ask SB for, Hey, I have this song. Do you have something that would fit it? I just said, Hey, I like your style. He signed to elect. I like your, I like your production. Um, send me something. He mm-hmm. sent me three records and this was one of the records that he sent. And I was like, yep, this is it. Crazy. Crazy. No, man, he, he put his foot in this thing right here, man. And, and so did you. Uh, it's, it's just, it's really powerful work, man. I could, I could talk ad nauseum about this song. Uh, and I, and, you know, you might get like a like a two thirty a.m. text that might just have a bunch of thoughts about this, about the song, <laughs> like in the future. I thought, <laughs> yo, I thought you, I thought you about to say you were gonna send me a two thirty text with a bunch of gibberish that was you speaking in tongues, <laughs> like texting out tongues. I'm like, all right, <laughs> 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 that's cool. Okay. <laughs> Definitely uh, not gonna hit you with. Uh, I think I think that was wasn't that Bishop T D Jakes who did that one time. He tweeted out in tongues. I think did you? Did I you? don't know if he did. I know why Nita Bynum did. That's but I don't what, know if Jakes did. That's what but it I is. Know what did. It's it's that's definitely a Juanita Bynum thing. Like I absolutely <laughs> like if 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 there was multiple choice, if there was like three two columns, and you were like you know which one connects with the which, like 
Juanita Bynum in one and tweeting in tongues in the other, like those two will connect wholeheartedly. Yes. Anyway, no, you're not not gonna get that. But um, but no, I just I love this song so much. Let me keep things moving, man. Um, talk to me though. Similarly, like we use our music as a reflection in the ways in which we've processed music. So I'm curious. Uh, as a fan of hip hop music, you uh, as a fan of music in general, uh, not even confined to hip hop, you host a podcast, co-host a podcast that really just talks about music wholeheartedly and other artists' music. You go to live shows, which I th- find it crazy that other artists don't go to live shows as fans. Like I just think it's a bizarre thing, a bizarre like. I, I I don't doesn't compute for me. So I'm curious, bruh, like talk to me about what is maybe your best live show experience. Talk to me about an artist that you heard live and you were like, yo, this was crazy. This was this was it. Yo, so I actually have quite a few. Um I've got I've got four, but I'm gonna go through them really, really quick. Bet. Um my first one is Kanye at the St. Pablo tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen Kanye twice. I saw him at the Glow in the Dark tour, which to me, Lupe killed him mm. because Lupe had Nicky Jean and a DJ mm. and killed him for 30 minutes. This is like peak cool Lupe. Wow. Um, so as good as, as Glow in the Dark was, St. Pablo was just, it was just a different monster. I always tell people that that wasn't a religious experience. That was the church of Kanye West and people were there to see their Lord and Savior. Wow. Jesus, as blasphemous as that sounds. But it was really, really interesting to watch. But just the, the, the theatrics of it, the, you know, the lighting, the, the stage over the crowd, it was just, it was unreal. So that was, that was amazing. Give me a second um, here. Give me a second here. I want to play a little bit of that. Uh, just saying from the life of Pablo. Um, I'm going to play, um, I'm going to play wolves actually. I'm going to play that song. Okay. me about what was it what was it what was uh another live experience that you experienced another live show experience that was just crazy um i went and saw kendrick lamar at scully's which is a very small smaller than sob's venue in columbus and this was when section 80 came out word so this was before kendrick was kendrick and he rocked for 200 people and you could in retrospect i went back and i saw him um at a big venue like a uh like an amphitheater after uh Tupimba butterfly came out and seeing him um seeing him perform for that crowd made me appreciate the scully's crowd because he was still trying to figure it out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and i love the process i'm a guy who absolutely loves the process. And I love watching people, you know, they get to a certain point, but then I remember if you're performing for 20,000, I remember you were performing for 200 
and just remember him trying to finagle and figure that out. It was just amazing. Crazy. I'm gonna... Yeah, man. I'm going to play a little bit of that uh, overly dedicated. wild listening to uh you know overly dedicated or or you know the kendrick lamar ep or whatever any of those even around the time of section 80 i remember not to hijack this part of the story but i remember similarly seeing kendrick lamar uh there's a festival here in atlanta called one music fest that was like growing that was growing right like it was kind of in its second or third year or about like maybe its second year and it hadn't gotten large yet and so what they were they were still holding it at this spot called Park Tavern, which is like this small this section of Piedmont Park, which is huge in, in the mid in midtown Atlanta. Anyway, they're holding it. And the the main acts um, for that is foreign exchange and and um, and far side, actually, this is kind of interesting, right? But like side, side note, side note, how excited are you for a surprise Fonte LP? Man, listen, man, listen, Bruh. man, listen. I, you know what? All, off air, I'm gonna talk to you a little bit more about that because I've okay. heard some things that, yeah, man, we got. We're, we're gonna oh, rap. Oh, we're gonna rap. Okay, okay, we're gonna okay, rap. okay, okay, okay. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's all, man. So anyway, that is to say that like, um, that was this was like the show for the, for the day. It was like a, it was in the summer and like everybody's coming out and they're like, Oh man, like this is foreign exchange at peak Messina, you know, day, uh, was it day break? The second record. Um, um, uh, uh, take leave, off the blues? yeah, that's on there. All of that. Yeah. Leave it all behind all of that. Right. I'll leave it all behind. Yes, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And so anyway, it was just a lot of people out there for this. And all I know is that like, I got the hook. I got like, yo, this dude Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar, he's in town and he's performing acro- like across town at this other spot, and he's performing with Corey Guns. He is on tour <laughs> with Corey Guns, and I and I'm like, yo, I'm gonna leave this show and I'm gonna go over because I'm like really messing with Kendrick right now, and I go over and I check out I check out Kendrick. He, he does a late night show. He is opening for Corey Guns. Corey Guns wow. is the headliner for this show that was wow. held at the held at the loft in Atlanta. And we're just like, man, it's crazy. And it's so wild because like fast forward four years and now like one music fest is huge. It's held at Lakewood Amphitheater and like who's the main act, of course. It's Kendrick Lamar and he's like on top. But I'm just like, yo, it's yeah. so wild like watching some. And to that end, right, that they did not, they didn't even sell half of that space at the loft. Like they didn't, like there was maybe a quarter of meh, I'd say like maybe maybe forty fifty percent, you know, filled, uh, and it's just like, and I remember going and being like, I didn't know Kendrick would be a superstar, but I definitely was like, yo, yeah. I'm getting a treat right now. Like the like, I remember being there yeah. thinking like, I've I'm paying so much. I'm not paying what this dude is worth right now. It was just crazy. So yeah, yeah, yeah man, I'm sorry. 
you had two more. Talk to me some more. Where are some other live show experiences? Okay, two more. Um, so the last one is from actually a local artist who's also a friend of mine. Um, her name is Renee Dion. She's a phenomenal um, soul singer. She actually did a concert in my uh, another friend of mine's living room. Mm. We just shifted all the furniture around. They set it up. Yeah. And we basically just sat around her in a circle, and she performed uh, her album at the time. And just that experience, that intimacy, um, was um, it was just amazing, and it was just like un unspeakable. It was it was phenomenal. I saw Common with the um, Columbus Symphony Orchestra or something like that. Or the, yeah, so basically it's Common mm-hmm. performing his greatest hits. He did like an hour and a half backed by an orchestra. Can you imagine hearing Resurrection with an orchestra? Bruh. Because he went into his catalog. He didn't just Bruh. do the light and he didn't just do, uh, what's the what's the Negro spiritual, what's the cotton picking song with John Legend? <laughs> uh, Glory. <laughs> He didn't right. just do those records. Like he looked out for us. He did Resurrection. Oh. He did I Used to Lover. He he did uh he did oh my god, dude. He starts off with the B intro and then he goes into invocation. Bruh. My mind. Bruh. Bruh. And it's outside in an amphitheater. My kids were there and it was just a beautiful hip hop moment. It was like the 30 and up crowd, and yeah. it just made me say, look, y'all, like hip hop has no age range at this point. It's not a young man's game. Some of us have grown up on hip hop. So like, let's just embrace it for being uh, everything and not just something for the kids to do. Oh my God, bro. You got to stop right now because I've, I've got to play invocation. I got to play a little bit because that, that right there is that right, man, listen, bro. Envision in the hereafter. Listening to Steve Wonder on the quest for love like the proceed drummer. I strike like lightning and don't need thunder. And hell imagination and breathe wonder. That's your lady I used to run up in her. And G weave from her. It's a cold world the niggas need summer. At times my going forward seems like retreat. As I rewrite rhyme after rhyme and throw away beats. Growing common invocation. I mean, any honestly, you don't realize it as as you're talking, I didn't it it made me reprocess a lot of like how how his music in particular i would say in particular his music lends itself to uh formerly trained musicians just based around the sampling that he 
has yeah. used throughout his career. Like he is one of those artists where it's like, yes, please give him a string section, right? Like he, yeah. like like that makes sense for him. Um, that's beautiful, man. And and definitely uh, check out. Uh, it was Renee Dion, right? We're talking about Haven, yeah. the Haven Project, and um, yeah. um, I I had seen her. Um, there's a there's a blog called Bama Love Soul that really just yeah. that handles like a lot of like soul community um artists you really can get put onto a lot of what's really popping in soul i would i direct people to check out bama love soul as well as um uh soul tracks which i think is based out of um dc area um but like if you want to hear who's killing it on on that in that world like you definitely head over there and and i would say uh that's that's where i first remember seeing her name and um please definitely check out our projects and and it sounds dope i've i've heard of maybe a, another couple artist friends who've done things that are similar and where it's like a it's such an intimate space of having like a essentially like a tour of homes right where you literally are just going to be in someone's house man i had a homeboy um do mc name the listener um who actually used to do some um was i don't know if he was signed to elect but or or maybe when elect was sphere of hip hop separately as a separate label um but anyway okay. he he did a whole thing where like he basically he did a whole tour that he called the tour of homes and it was like a potluck and he would just go to different cities and town and like he'd have his fans who supported him he would show up he'd bring his own sound everything and set up in their shop set up in their living room and then people would come in and it was just such a dope unique idea and i love when i see artists that do that um particularly singers who who just it's just a beautiful thing bro so that's super dope um i i i'm putting her on the list of people i need to revisit and check out her uh discography yeah. a lot more in depth so that's super dope yeah. bro super For dope sure. um man oh man i run it so many things i want to talk to you about let me first though uh before anything else uh pay uh the proverbial bills which is um let me run this uh i'm gonna uh come back and we're gonna talk to you um about uh some other parts of the set as we go through this even if i lose uh lp but before that um here's a little commercial this episode of the set list is brought to you by eastlet coffee a coffee roasting company serving specialty coffees that are unique yet familiar complex and comforting featuring diverse origins that are delicious and approachable the code fourth that's f-o-r-t-h again f-o-r-t-h i don't know who out there is still trying to spell fourth district like we're a number y'all are losers we don't respect you okay fourth district f-o-r-t-h four and five to get 40 percent off your first bag of coffee uh please and you can enter that at eastlitcoffee.com um we just so much appreciate eastlet coffee holding us down um and supporting us we want to support them i don't even really like coffee like that but i like eastlet coffee and it's not just because they give us money um no they actually don't really give us money like that but regardless um <laughs> we just really appreciate uh their support we want to support them um it's super dope and um they're just good people over there they'll take care of you so tell them fourth sent you and now we are going to get back to armand wake up on the set list cool so man um what's also dope man i think about uh when i think about doing a set and i think about set list what often happens a lot of time is you have 
uh, there's that part of the set, right, where you see an artist who's on stage, they're performing, and then they're like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to need some help with this next tune. And they go ahead and they say, I brought a little guest with me. I brought a little friend with me, yada, yada, yada. And then they have someone either come up from, you know, from the from the audience if they really trying to floss on you or they bring them from backstage or whatever. And it's a collaborative work. They out here getting together for a duet and doing something. And um, and I just think it's it's, you know, it kind of gives a break in a way of which it breaks up kind of uh, just hearing the artist's singular voice. But you also get to experience uh, that artist as filtering their art with another um, artist, another singer, another whomever. And so that is a long rambling way to ask you the question. If you were to think about a collaboration, a song, something that you like when you heard it, you were like, you know what? This is like my favorite, like coming together of beauty and joy and dopeness. What comes to your mind as your favorite collaborative song, or at least the one that is most pressing or comes to your mind first? I'm sure there's a bunch, but the first one that came to mind when you asked the question was uh, Tija Moses and Raphael Sadiq, Take Me. Um, wow. First of all, I'm an, I'm an R&B head. So um, this, first of all, Complex, and second of all, Complex Simplicity is one of the greatest R&B albums of the 2000s. Hmm. Um, I mean, just it, it, even having them sing on opposite sides of the speakers, yeah. um, just what, like, Raphael Sadiq put his foot into what he produced on that album for her. And I really can't express or explain why I love that song so much, but it just, it sticks out like a sore thumb on an already amazing project. And it just, it just exists on its own in the greatest way possible. So I, I absolutely love that record. <laughs> that's a beautiful take, man. And that's dope because I, one, I think you're the first artist uh, that we've had on the set list who brought up Tedra Moses, which is super, you know, which is just, I like it when I'm interviewing people and they mention folks that haven't been brought up consistently. And um, I a hundred percent agree with you. I, I got to complex simplicity late, um, maybe mm-hmm. like two or three years after it came out. Cause somebody okay. was just like, yo, have you not heard Tedra Moses? And I was like, no, I haven't. And, um, and, uh, and I went it matter of fact, before I continue with that story, let me just play a little bit of take me Tedra Moses, Raphael Sadiq, complex simplicity. Man, such a beautiful song, bro. Yeah, like I just remember hearing it and I'm being like, how how had I been how have I been going on in life not knowing about this woman? And um yeah. and it was just it was amazing. And I did feel I did feel slightly validated in that uh I was late getting to her, but I was also before a uh, little brother shouted her out so heavily on um <laughs> on uh, whatever yeah 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 i was like whatever <laughs> yeah the separate but equal mixed it yeah. right i was just like i i at least got in before that but uh but yeah man and then and then when you find out like oh man like that's that's razz cast baby mama like this is yeah. bizarre like i was like this is a weird 
confluence of worlds, you know what I mean? But um, but no, so dope. And, and Rafael Sadiq is one of those artists that I just feel like um, we we are like he will pass eventually and then we will talk about him. And, yes. and that 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 bothers me because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. man, this dude has been to in a way in which he's managed to stay um, really present and relevant um, and cutting and cutting edge and pushing in ways. You know, I, a lot of people will talk about the fact that, like, when Justin showed up, uh, you know, on his suit and tie with Jay, it was like, yo, you know, Raphael already went there like a year and mm-hmm. a half prior um, and really, really went there. So it's a uh, man, such a good, such a good choice. Um, but you know, Tidra ain't the only one out here connecting with folks. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's a young man from Columbus, Ohio, who found himself, uh, in a studio with, um, I, I would say, uh, a, a very worthy combination himself in that you cooked up some stuff with Jonathan Baker and, yes. Uh, is it Bria Tay? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I'm gonna play a little bit of the weight right here, produced by T. Wyla, and um, yep. sir, we're gonna talk about this. Yeah, I probably need to come down off the last one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Never have I ever needed a thing. Then to be set apart, seated with kings. Patience, it strengthens eagles and wings. You're Alpha and Omega, but I need you in between. I need God to need God. This whole walk been spent trying to defeat odds. I need my feet washed. Weight heavy, I've been carrying the gospel. Dry bones, I've been burying these fossils. And you crazy, you married to a monster. I lean on it, but it's scary how you're mindful. I got a lot of questions to be quenched In places I struggle to believe where you exist But more than a sense, I'm convinced Show me where to lay cement and where to place a tent I don't wanna run, tell the world you're the one Then go home the same way I was I don't want you for the perks Before we do the work, I gotta know that this works I need floods and wind for every was and when To know your love's intense for more than girls and cribs I mean, spent a lot of time running from this place now I gotta Bruh. trust you under this weight. I need what I, I need floods and winds between uh, bruh. <laughs> bruh. Yeah. Talk to me about this song right here, man. Cause you've you've obviously you've been working with Jonathan Baker for a minute now. Um such a talented dude, bruh. What what can't he do? Can you can you answer that? Like nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Which which is like he does so many things well. So then like when he raps, I'm like, that's great. Like you can rap, but bruh, like you can do <laughs> like, I got this one thing that I'm holding on to. Like I can't, sing, I can't produce. Just let me rap. Right. Like, you want to do this too? Dang, man. Um, yeah. the, the, the thing about JB, uh, is his ability to just be able to weave in and out of everything effortlessly, even if you how much more, um, he played the keys on that, and really it was just a drum that Jay Roden had put together. And we, he had a melody on it. I wasn't crazy about the melody, but I loved the drums. And I said, hey, JB, like, what can you do with this? And maybe 15 minutes later, he, he sent me back like something that he had recorded. While he was working, he stopped um, at 
uh, a church that he he uh, he leads worship at. He mm. recorded it on the side, and he was just like, "Here, I got it," and it was perfect. Wow. So that's just the moniker of 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 his genius. Word, he, and, he, and you dropped out a little bit there. Was that for "I Am the One"? You said he did that. No, that was. I'm sorry. That was he. Uh, he played the keys on uh, on how much more. Oh, okay, got you. Okay, and, with Sean Johnson, Johnson, Johnson. Got you. Yep. Gotcha. Yep, yeah. So his his genius is just like it's just it's understated. He's 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 a phenomenal talent. Even his work that he's done with Kristen Gray on you know all his projects, the Glory album and, and School of Roses. Like he's just he's just a phenomenal. And his album just came out this week too. Okay. Um, Jonathan Baker's. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Came out with some this week. So the weight was a the weight was a record that I wanted that like the Lord kind of impressed upon me to do a record about waiting on him, but making it celebratory mm. because, you know, when we pray and we ask God for something like he, like he, he may not and likely doesn't like answer us immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that process, in that waiting, um, we get discouraged. We don't want to do it. Um, we, our mind goes, I know for me, my mind goes to something else and I'll pray about something really hard for a few days. And I'm like, ah, got to get to it when he gets to it. And my attention goes elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But God was like in the waiting, like it's not about, you know, another saying is not about the, the destination. It's about the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go on a cross country trip from New York to LA, um, getting to LA is cool, but during that cross country trip, you get to see, you know, Atlanta, you get to see Tennessee, you get to see Kentucky, you get to see all these other places that you never would have known existed had you just flown and gotten there. Like right. you have conversations in the car. It's so much, there's something about the process, about the weight of getting to where you're supposed to go to that produces so many other things that we take for granted and that we otherwise wouldn't get. Um, so the Lord is like, no, celebrate waiting on me because my waiting, I hear you. And my waiting is producing something in you so that when you, when I answer you about the thing, if it's a yes, you'll be able to sustain it. Mm-hmm. And if it's a no, you'll be okay with, you know, me having something else and better for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful, bro. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it is, I do think that it's a very, uh, the concept versus the, the feel of the song, they feel counterintuitive and but I think that's what works so beautifully about it, man, is that it, it you know, normally when someone's talking about waiting uh, or the weight itself, um, it, it is very, you know, swing low, sweet chariot ish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and so to have something that has this type of energy to it, uh, it, it um it definitely it's a welcomed surprise. Um, and then uh, so Bria Briate, um, mm-hmm. like have you worked with her before? Like what, what's the, what's, what's there? She, uh, she leads worship at my church. Okay. Um, so we just kind of met cause she joined the church and she plays guitar and she creates and she does all these different things and she sings and Man. you know there was some, there was some open space on the beat and mm. I kind of just extended an olive branch cause prior to like we, you know, we spoke because I run sound in my church. So gotcha. we spoke when we did to speak, but we weren't like, super close, super friends or whatever. Yeah. Um, but one day she was singing and I kind of felt like maybe I should just throw this out, extend an olive branch. Let's just see what happened. She turned it around in like a day or two. It was incredible. And from that, we have sort of started like a, a, a friendship. So mm-hmm. 
know, sometimes music is a bridge to something that you otherwise wouldn't have even considered. And she's a phenomenal talent. She has a lot of music that she's working on. Her and I are doing some other stuff together. And I kind of just want to use, also want to use my platform to get her out there to another audience because she's somebody who shouldn't be slept on. That is what's up, bro. Well, yes. Hello, Bria. Um, absolutely. She's, <laughs> she's uh super, super dope, man. And I'm 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 looking forward to whatever future collaborations uh are ahead as well as just um, you know, what she has going on for herself, man. Uh we're moving along here. Um oftentimes I interview like a lot of like singers, vocalists, right? And what they'll do a lot of times is they they might have a cover song in their project, right, or in their uh set. Um, in which they're taking kind of an influence that uh, they love to reinterpret or, or, or present. Um, so it's not their original work, but it is something that kind of speaks to them. So I often ask like the singers that I sit down with, male or female, like, oh, like, you know, what's a cover you love to play or something like that? And they might give me that. And so in hip hop, we don't necessarily do that, right? Like hip hop has not gotten to that point where we have uh, cover songs in hip hop. What we do is we just bite. Um, if, uh, if, <laughs> uh, which, right, which I would just appreciate if, yo, I would appreciate someone just being like, yo, I'm just going to do this cover song of, uh, grinding right. by, uh, the clips, but you know, it, uh, instead we'll just take someone's, we'll take Drake's whole style and whatever. So I feel like, um, but the source of this question, when I talk to rappers is I really just source it in a different places, which is like, I just ask them like, Hey, at the core of doing a cover song is really just getting to what is one of your influences or what is something you really love. And so I just want to ask you as a rapper, man, like which artist is made perhaps your most profound musical influence that you would think of? Um, I would say that there's three um, who have shaped my writing, four who have shaped my writing style. Okay. Um, and, I, and I'll go quick. The first one is Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z. Um, I'll never forget, He there's a freestyle that he did on Sway and Tech, and Sway is describing Jay, and it said he said one of his friends was talking to him, and he said the thing that he liked about Jay is that when Jay raps, it sounds like he's talking to them. Yeah, very and conversational. Always, yeah. Yep. So that, that comment always lingered around in my head. So when I write, I try not to have uh, fleeting thoughts. I try to have thoughts connect to each other. Um, mm-hmm. so that it sounds like I'm really just having a conversation with you. And I think that works because the way that my fans respond to my music is very much like they feel like I'm talking to them or telling them a story or telling them about what's going on in my mind. So Jay, for that reason, um, Sky Zoo is another artist. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I love Sky's writing is because it is layered beyond like belief and it's not, it's not, uh, it's not fake deep. Yeah. It players. I think I get some of that from J2, American Gangster, and Reasonable Doubt, particularly. But I think that having layers in your writing extends the life of it. Yeah. Um, so it gives people something to dig into. Yeah. Man, if you could pause right there, because I just got to... I take any opportunity in which Sky Zoo is discussed to just play How to Make It Through Hysteria. So, please. <laughs> yes. Yes. Please. Yes. Top five, if not his best record. Yes. Son. Son. This is how to make it through hysteria. Sky Zoo off a of dream deferred. Yeah. Ha. Yeah. Ha. One time. Ha. One time. Ha. 
do Tell you, show them how to make it soon Show them how to make it soon Growing up, project struck, looking for luck, dreaming Me and couplets, I was cupping up to the ceiling Seen it, jumped in and was looking up to believe it Lived it, went and pinned it and left the rest to the speakers Wrote it the way I know it, you heard it, you saw me show it Outlining the obvious, intricating below it Dollar signs in the lobby and finger painting the motive Any side that's beside me is giving way to the notice Dare you to look away from it, counting it as weighing it And the weight of the winners will build them to build a gate for it Protected or neglected, scully over the face with it. The outcome surrounds the lobby, fingerprints of the mo- man. Please, 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 bro. Please, anyway. Um, yeah, man. So that was Sky Zoo. Um, so we had Jay Z who kind of just resonated with you with the way in which he has this conversational tone and and the way in which it sounds like he and sounds like he's just talking to you right when he's rapping. Um, and then you have Sky Zoo, and because of the layers that come across in his, um, in the way in which he performs, uh, in the way in which he writes, in particular. Um, and then, man, who else? You said you got a couple more of artists who just kind of yeah. have ultimately shaped your your style at this point. Yes. So these two are my my personal goats. Actually, mm-hmm. all four of these guys are, are in my goat conversation, mm-hmm. but these two kind of hold a closer place. Um, in my heart, they are two imperfect artists, mm-hmm. but to me, they are uh, pioneers. Yeah. Um, and that is, the, and I love them for the same reasons. And that is Joe Budden, and that is Fonte. Mm. Um, prior to me being fans of theirs, I, my writing style was very battle-ish, mm-hmm. so very braggadocious. I'm better than you. I'll take your girl like just dumb, stupid stuff, trying to exalt myself. And really, I was super insecure. Rappers. Um, but right. I mean, rappers. it's just, just what we did. Like, that's just what we it's do. Just, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. And so Joe and Fonte, I had my daughter when I was 19. Mm. So um, hearing Joe talk about how he felt about his mother or his child's mother keeping his, his son away from him. Yeah. Going through a divorce. I went through a divorce super young. Mm. I was like 24. Wow. Um, so their ability to still be rapidly rap lyrical miracle, but then still have that vulnerable side. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes vulnerable to a fault or things that I've said in, in songs have gotten me in trouble. Mm. I've, I've ruined relationships because of things that I've said in music, but at the time it was, their style is what led me to feel like I could really communicate um, my emotions with the pen. And so I'm eternally in debt to those two artists for um, just having that ability to be open and transparent with their own lives. They, they have ministered to me though. Neither one of them are Christian. They have ministered to me in ways that like I can't even put into words. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's it's um, it's it's tough. I I completely I can see that completely because they are, they both do speak in kind of two different. They both speak to that side, but they do it in very different ways, right? You know, uh, but it it still holds those places of just vulnerability and 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 just almost like uh goosebump inducing honesty at times where you're like you're just like man i'm i don't know if i should be listening to this person as they're sharing so much of what's going on inside 
um right. I'm, I'm just gonna um i'm gonna play a little bit of um uh ordinary love uh shit part two like she don't have a voice in this relationship I'm thinking, boo, you got a choice So why you taking it? Certain shit I wouldn't stand for I'm giving her my all But she demands more I wish she would understand more Certain shit you couldn't plan for I'm guessing if I love you When you worth it I should take some time out And figure out if you deserve this But you just think that I'm full of it We both come from backgrounds of bullshit I'm fortunate that that ain't what you see in me I stop lying to you once you start believing me But I'm always who you are and bring the questions to It's less about me hiding shit, more about protecting you It's totally different where your minds are made up To me, flirting's natural, to her it's cause for breakup To me it's human nature, she disagrees yeah, man, with the lies uh, I can completely see that and then just I feel like Fonte has always been a grown man Like ever since he came into uh since he reached our radar um with little brother like he's always been a grown man and it's just been i, I think that it was very important to think about hip-hop in that context so that's 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 super super dope um that those two uh get referenced here because um i can even see those types of things in your work um and I think mm. and I think what's often and this is just an aside i don't want to stay here but like what's often also dope about them is that like you know, sometimes, and Joe in particular comes to mind just because we know so much about his life, is that he's he's so talented at rapping that, like, he, um, even in sharing, like, the things that have gone on about his life, like, it's, um, like, it's, it's, uh, I, I often have to remind myself, like, yo, I'm getting one person's perspective. Like, he can make, like, I can leave hearing songs of his and be like, yeah, you were done wrong. And then I'll be like, but that's really Joe. Joe has this talent and then he can kind of, I don't want to say manipulate the audience, but maybe manipulate the audience yes. is probably a fair no, way to describe 100%, it. 100%. <laughs> he manipulates his audience. 100%. He has his minions. I went to a, I went to a Joe Budden concert around the time of, I think maybe some love lost or all love lost. Okay. Right after love and hip hop. And the concert was full of broken men and women who wanted to fix them. Who, <laughs> and it was, it was amazing. So it was really pretty women in there. And right. It was just like guys who just wanted Joe to do all ten, like one to do 10 minutes. Right. And it was really telling. And yes, he 100% is somebody who manipulates his audience. He makes himself out to be the victim. He's a sociopath. Oh, man. 100%. So true. I said it all the time. Yes, yes, so, yes. It's so, man, yes. It's, yeah, it's it's wild. Cause, and it makes you think, like, as a writer, like, man, I've got to be, you mentioned the effects in your life. It's like, man, I've got to be responsible about this yes. gift that I have because I have the ability to write so well. God's given me this ability to write so well that I can kind of create the characters that I want. And even though it's my life, I can make myself look really good in my yes. retelling of this story. And um, yeah, it's just, it just, it's remarkable because I absolutely have been in those dark places where I'll hear, you know, I'll hear these songs. I'll just, yes, talk about the brokenness, talk about it all, Joe, because that's what I want to hear. And it's like, yep. bro, that's, that you can't stay there. Can't stay there. It, it, it's why it's why Mary J. Blige's audience will never let her be happy. Man, listen, she tried to get out there and smile, and they was like, "No, okay, you better." No, they were like, "You better." <laughs> I, I hope Ken do breaks your heart, and sure enough, 
can do. And sure enough. <laughs> now and they, then she came out with my life too, and they were like, yes. Absolutely. They like, this is the Mary I need in my life. Well, I ain't want Mary out here singing about chicken fingers and stuff. Like, I, you know. So, <laughs> right, anyway, right, right. anyway, man, we are we are rounding home, man. Because uh, all of this, all of this context we're talking about is really just with this, even if I lose project, man. And I just want to... I just want to uh, do these last two things. We'll do these real quick just because I want to make sure that um, I don't want to belabor the point. So when you're ending an, when you're ending a set, you kind of want to leave people with an impact. Um, talk to me, man, about like, talk to me about this last song on your project, man. Seven, two, three. Um, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to play just, just a little bit of it um, because uh, I want, again, I want people to go out and support and buy this record, stream this record, uh, all that jazz. But um, yeah, seven two three are my wake up. This was also produced by Doc. I'm gonna play this right yep. now. Yeah. 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 I think we finally almost like we've reached the apex. Like it's finally here. Even if I lose 40 days Hey Doc, man It's been a, man I'm, why you make this beat so long? Cause like I wanna talk, but I don't wanna talk I just wanna rap, you know what I'm saying? I've been talking too much Alright, alright Yeah, yeah I've been on some new year, new me On this island Announced that I signed a deal, then I went silent The Lord made sure of my yes and solidified it So this next album finna be fire It's crazy how my DMs dry, but I've been flirting with retirement Siphoning my spitefulness in spite of it As a child, all I knew was say your prayers and take your vitamins Now I pray for the day my idols become items I've been fighting for survival, slap boxing with spirits From the place where I see God's love, but I don't feel it And the Antichrist coming so clear, I see it happen It ain't Trump, I'm more concerned with who comes after him the seat, got her sleeping with the feet I hit the hurry steps, she ain't even cute She got Harachis with a jersey dress Funny, I worry less, I'm sure my ministry Will lead to early death, but I'll be with my father You can't hurt me less, my daughter been inspiring me She's a G I'm hunted by my son's voice, begging me not to leave And he's almost wives asking How can they be down? The Lord said to chill Take a walk So yeah, bro, talk to me a little bit about like Just Talk to me about this ending of the album, man 723 how did this come about? Um, yeah, what, what, so this was produced. This was another one. Doc essentially bookended this project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me, man. Like, how did this come about? Yeah. So, what was interesting about this is that this was actually the record that we were going to leak to announce people that the album, to announce the people that the album was coming out. Um, we shot a video for it, shoot around this time last year. Okay. Um, and it's just, it, it never, it, it didn't quite get done though. We're still going to, you know, put it out in some, in some form or fashion in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. And, um, basically we had eight songs and I was talking to T Wilder about the album and, and he said, it's missing, um, it's missing a boom bat record, it's missing one more boom bat record. Mm-hmm. And originally he and I had crafted a song called election day that we were going to put out on election day to announce that I had signed with elect things didn't work out. Um, and we ended up just kind of sitting on that record. Then I thought to put that on the album, you know, it didn't who, work out, you know, who else it didn't work out for Hillary, who? Hillary Clinton. 
so we didn't have the record and and i was sitting on this song and i was just going through because i'm not the guy who does 30 songs that kicks the best 10 or 15 or whatever right right um i i create a certain i know what i want i usually do the track listing first and then i frame the music around the track listing interesting and i knew and so i had this song and i realized like i really like this beat i really like this song and what it feels like to me is the weight is the part of the movie like so help me god is the climax of the movie um and the weight is like the resolved part of the movie. And then sweeter is like the part at the end, like on rush hour two, when they're at the airport and it's like, <laughs> they're telling last, their last little jokes before they get on the plane with each other. Cause everything worked out. <laughs> and then, um, seven is like the credits are rolling. And now they're playing drew Hill. How deep is your love? Um, <laughs> you know, the single from the soundtrack. <laughs> and so it, it, the reason why it's called 723 is simply because Doc numbers his beats, and this wow. was beat 723. Wow. So I didn't want to make it any deep, and I didn't want to, like, 444 it. Gotcha. And because we did this before 444 came out, I was kind of mad because I thought people were going to think that I was jacking that, and oh. it, just, it just... I mean, like, like for example, I'm... You know, while we were talking, Fonte's track listing came out, and he has a song called So Help Me God. So it just it wow. just happens. Yeah, it does. Um, it does. Wow. It just happened. So no, nothing, nothing too deep. I just love the song. I love what I was doing. It needed a boom bap record. And so we did that. Mm-hmm. Man, that's like super, like super dope. I mean, I didn't know if like, I didn't know if 723, if there was some deeply, you know, super spiritual relationship with with, with that number. If no. like, you know, you know, when, uh, you know, the seven days, and of course, you know, two days in the Jewish calendar. No. Carries over. <laughs> it's just I'm not like, that good. No, I'm not that dope. I did. However, because I, I correlated scriptures to all the song, uh, to all the songs, mm-hmm. I basically just said Bible seven colon 23. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. All of the Bible scriptures that had a chapter seven, verse 23 and first Corinthians. I was like, Oh, this will work. And then so if somebody wants a deep interpretation. There you go. But there that you- wasn't at all. What I was thinking when, when we did that word up, word up, man, no, it's such a good ending to the record, bruh. Um, I would agree with, uh, Tiwala that it, 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 it adds an element because I think what happens so often, you know, I'm glad you broke out down the record in the context of almost a narrative arc in the way in which you did, um, because that's important. And I think because this album is, there's so much of this album that is vertical, man. Like you're, you're, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talking to God and God speaking back, like in this, it's, it's almost in a way that we are, um someone may have said this i'm not sure but almost in a way that we are eavesdropping in on you mm. having this conversation and mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. and you are we are finding ourselves as the listener we are finding ourselves uh hearing you articulate our hearts a lot of times yes. and yes. and we're hearing yeah. responses in ways and so um you know when you hear a song like Sweeter, when you hear a song, uh, you know, So Help Me God, I didn't, I didn't really, we didn't really dwell on this song, but when I hear uh, So Help Me God, um, I, you know, I wanted to tell you like that song, there's parts of that song that um, I won't say scare me, but just they, yeah. they're, they're, it, 
that is kind of it though. Like there's, there's things about it that, um, frighten me about, you know, the, you know, when you look at old Testament scripture and you see, um, the Israelites and the way in which, you know, I, I used to always get tripped up as a, as a young Christian, when I'd read, they'd be like, you're terrible. You're terrible. Like talking to God, like they'd be like, Oh, Mm -hmm. you know what? And like really having to unpack what that meant and like what terror is like, and it's really recognizing power. It's recognizing strength. It's recognizing, Oh, like you have the, you, you run this God, like you control this. And, and if I find myself in the, if I'm finding myself in this way without you, and I'm trying to make this happen without you, and I am, you know, either willfully, you know, you know, missing the mark in ways like, like, so help me God, like, really, like, yeah. I can't do this without you. And so, um, yeah, man, it's just, um, there's a lot of this project that does this for me, man. So I'll be, I think myself and others will be chewing on it for a minute. I, I got to ask you this though, bro. Like when you think about closing songs for your, for, for other albums, you know, closing songs that just have an impact in a sense of when an artist is finishing up their set, they, a lot of times are, uh, want to leave the audience with an impact such as you have with seven, uh, two, three, like, What's probably one of the more noteworthy clothing, closing songs to an album that sticks out in your mind? You, uh, you said, you know, when you initially asked me this question, we talked offline, you said like Erica Badu, Green Eyes, which yes, it's like the greatest <laughs> closing song ever. But I was like, let me do something different because that, that's already out there. Um, I, since you talked about, it's, it's funny you talked about a song that scares you and ironically, that this is the song, this ending song is a song that scared me. It was the first hip hop song to scare me. Mm. And that was not undying love. Um, the reason why that song scares me is because that album came out a few weeks before April 20th. Um, and, um, I was living in Colorado when Columbine happened. Mm. And so, you know, um, hearing that song a few weeks after, um, or, you know, hearing that song a few, hearing that song. And then a few weeks later, like seeing like the kids came into a school that was like 45 minutes away from me and yeah. killed all these kids. Yeah. Um, and then seeing the correlation with, you know, Nas and it was just like, like, wow, he, like, he dies at the end of his song. Yeah. And, that, and then that kind of makes me mad because the original version of I am was then it was amongst Kings where he goes and he sees Jesus and mm. he, he like <laughs> Jesus gives him a second chance at life. And right. then death of Escobar, like, Oh my God, <laughs> that would have been so amazing. Right. Stupid bootleggers. But, um, they really did ruin yeah. that entire project, man. Like they, like, they really like, like there's, there's so much, like, I don't know if there's an album that an album more than this album, uh, more than I am. That's like, like where you like the the original aim and goal of it and like what we eventually got if there's not so much of a distance between it like it's crazy it's crazy i'm gonna play just a little bit of undying love so people can refresh their memories Chain on 
life GRO casino dice at the Mirage Vegas strip, neon lights Gamblers, puffers, cigars, couples and stars Flashy cameras, dealers, shuffling cards Spent the weekend, already miss New York and it's odd Cause I'm the first to say it got too many hustlers who rob I never hang out, when we do we bust a 4-5 With shells coming back at us while we jump in the ride Flying, ducking, our bitches in the club clucking Telling my wife who I was dancing with like I was fucking Flew back Monday evening from Nevada where the sun was beaming To the concrete jungle of cement Limousines from LaGuardia Airport Sleeping, told my dogs peace, kept it moving I was beat when, got to my crib Where the hell my keys went, ringing the bell Heard a yell but wasn't sure Man, when I listen to Undying Love, I'm also reminded, like, Nas has so many amazing stories. Like, like so many amazing story raps. Like, like some of these artists, man, we'd be lucky. Like, they, they might have given us one or two great ones. But Nas, not like, Nas legitimately, uh, you could, I wonder, I wonder if we thought hard, or if you and Doc thought, like, if you could do a definitive 15 around just narratives just stories you know it's like story. story raps yeah like i don't know man I'd, I, I'd i'd be willing to get in on that but uh but yeah man he this it just reminds Ooh, me yeah it just reminds me man, he's like he he does that so well does it so well yes, um, he does. how long were yes, you in does. how long were you in um colorado um, I went to high school. I went to most of middle school and high school there. I graduated from high school there. My daughter still lives there. So okay. I was there for quite a bit. Gotcha. That was the last place I lived before I joined the military. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got quite a bit of history there. Yeah. No, man. Such a beautiful state, man. Like, like, yeah. like, like visually it'll just, it's arresting, man. It's crazy. Crazy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Shout, shout out to Denver. Denver is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Man, Absolutely. bruh. So, this project, even if I lose, uh, it is out uh, in all the good places where good place where good things are. Uh, this project is. Um, are you at a point where you can talk about what's next? And when I say what ne- what's next, not in the sense of like, so what? What's your next act? Like, <laughs> like we are clearly <laughs> we are clearly going to be with this project and listening to it for a while, and definitely supporting here on Fourth as best we can. Uh, in any way that we can, but like I, you know, um, are you? Are there any shows lined up? Or is it is it more on the visual side of things where you're looking to shoot some videos, or is it, or are you just going to do some things where you might be unpacking the the songs uh, yes. track by track in ways? I don't know. Yes, um, the the focus we're we're in the process of working on, you know, a traditional album release party. Um, I want to try to correlate something with my church because, um, my church is currently raising $15,000 to go on a mission trip, trip to Guadalajara, Mexico. Mm. And the thing about missions is that only 1% of missionaries are African Americans and we are a predominantly black church. Yeah. So trying to find something is to, I just want to, you know, charge at the door, merch CDs, all that stuff. And, you know, mm. give that to them so that they can, they can do that. Um, but as far as like, I really want to unpack this album and people's response responses to so help me God to Jesus. Um, we're going to start creating different, uh, forms of, um, or different mediums and platforms for people to sort of, uh, not just, not only just process mm-hmm. what they, what they're going through because we could do shows all over the city and we could go on tour and that would be great. 
but I know that like my ministry requires a lot of one-on-one and personal time that Mm -hmm. people just want that that intimate space with me. Mm -hmm. And so I have to, I have to create that. So we're in the process of creating just instances where we basically sit down in a room, we break, we break down the songs, people talk about it and we would end up like, um, give it out minute or doing ministry mm-hmm. and praying for people and, you know, praying for healing and, and deliverance and for restoration and for reconciliation and whatever the situation calls for. Like, I think that this is an album that just sort of opens up a door for God to do more than for us to do more with God than just, uh, use him for entertainment. Yeah. And that's great. You know, if you're just going on tour and you're rocking out, like that's super great. That's not me dipping or anything like that, sure. but I have the ability to, I realize. I had a conversation with uh, another Christian artist who was a friend of mine. And in that conversation, he didn't know what he did, but he ended up freeing me from a lot of my own prisons of feeling like my thing was supposed to look like this. Mm. And we ended up like getting into like a little spat. It wasn't anything crazy. We got into mm-hmm. like a little disagreement. And I realized like, I'm really, I really am fighting to be in these spaces and in these doors that just aren't for me. Mm. And that's, not only is that okay, like that's the intent. So now I can focus and do things like this, which I always wanted to do, but I kind of felt like rappers weren't supposed to, Right. like we're supposed to be distant and mysterious and no, 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 no. Like now more than ever, we need FaceTime and people need a voice of, of, of truth and a voice of a standard. And for whatever crazy reason, God, kind of just placed it on my heart to be one of those voices and God help me because that's a, that's a daunting challenge that I'm sure I will fail several times at, but Mm -hmm. I feel like this is what he wants me to do. So, you know, we're going to do it. So you'll see different things throughout the course of the year. It's really a matter of not only ministry, but also just being creative and we're just going to do whatever we feel like doing to just do it. So, Yeah. yeah. No, that's good, bro. That's good, and I think it's it's right. And 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 uh, there's nothing like there's nothing like finding out like, man, like okay, I'm. There's nothing like finding out, man. The the reason, almost getting a purpose around the failures. This is all ties back to even if I lose, right? Like it it all <laughs> goes back to this. Like there's nothing like getting to that point where you realize, oh, the reason why it's been so hard for me to open up this door is because I'm not supposed to open up this door. Like this isn't my, this isn't the place. Or even when I open up the door and I get through here, it doesn't feel right because I'm not meant to be like, I'm not, I'm, I've been working so hard to do something that just because I thought that is the way it was supposed to be. And then you find out like, oh, I'm, (laughs) while I can't do what everyone else was doing really well, um, I can all I can do this other thing that either no one's thought of doing or they could not do because they weren't, you know, gifted to do this. They weren't um, authorized yes. to do this. And so, yeah, um, yeah man, it's, that's so beautiful and so dope. And as I said, um, on a personal level, as a Don, on a macro level, uh, speaking with as fourth. You know, any ways that we can help and assist, uh, we're down, man, to see about how we can do that. We believe in you. We believe in what you're doing. Tell the people um, on the interwebs where they might find you, your socials and whatnot. Uh, Armand, wake up. A-R-M-O-D, wake up, all one word. I encourage people to follow me everywhere because I post different content in different places. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
um, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. Those are the main uh, socials that I use. I'm really heavy on IG stories and I'm really heavy. Uh, yeah, I'm really heavy on IG stories and I'm kind of heavy on Twitter. Not as much as I used to back in those early days when you and I met. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I would always say, follow me in as many places as you can. For example, I did a commentary for 40 days and only put it on Spotify and didn't announce it anywhere. So the only people mm. who knew about it were those people who were already subscribed to me or followed me on Spotify wow. and people, I want to reward people for finding me in different spaces. Like, Oh, this wasn't anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just think that's, that's dope. So yeah, Armand wake up, A-R-M-O-N-D wake up. That's what's up. Well, Hey, please good people go out and please go and download support. Um, uh, support my good brother even if i lose the project stream it tell people um there's nothing like telling people like there at the end of the day there's no cosign there's no shot there's nothing like literally just being like yo have you heard check out yada yeah. yada yada like that is still golden um particularly yeah. for independent artists um even as an artist signed but signed to an indie label like it's it's still golden so Armand, I'm sure would very much appreciate that. And um, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yes. Uh, but hey, bro, I love you. Appreciate you so much. And um, and we are, um, yeah, we're just happy to have you. That was this episode of The Set List. Uh, we'll be back, you know, with uh, someone else pretty soon. But uh, I'm working that out at the moment. But I'm just glad we was able to get the brother on. Talk about this right here. Uh, as far next time, uh, we will see you soon. Peace. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 